Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. This is Light, the Light-Fingered Thief. Hey, Logar. So I was exploring the other day in some caves and uh, ventured upon some uh, locals that lived in caves. I felt pretty bad for kicking, kicking them out of their uh, home there, but, you know, I was looking for some treasure. They had to get the boot. That sounds, get the like, boot. That sounds like much of human history. Doesn't it? <laughs> We've uh, we've decided to talk about colonialism and role playing games. Hmm, it's really a dominant theme. <laughs> you play it, a lot of old fantasy. It quite is, is uh, in both fantasy as well as uh, science fiction games, and even some other games that we'll touch upon here in this discussion. Uh, you know, colonialism it's something that you know my family. Uh, has experienced quite a, quite a bit both on my side and on my partner's side. You know, we've been under the influence of the Portuguese, the British, the Japanese, um, and probably some some other <laughs> colonial powers that I probably forgot to mention that is in my family's history. I know that a lot of times we more and more playing these games, we're just kind of mirroring after historical events sometimes, and. A lot of times, uh, like monsters and stuff like that, take the place almost like a placeholder at times, it seems, in themes like colonialism or slavery and all that stuff happening in game when you run across it. It seems that we're using orcs get used a lot as a as a slave race that's used in games that I've seen. You know, you got, you got the orcs, you got goblins, you know, you know, kobolds, your basic low level creatures that get killed and abused and enslaved so what do you do with that when you're playing your game i've always taken the opinion i'm going to go back to a quick example like when approaching those themes i've seen those oh well this is a problem when i'm putting my game together and i've always trying to be like well who's the bad guy in this situation it's the dominating colonial force that's who i use as my villains often like i said like in rifts we use pretty much literal fascists neo-nazi type regime that dominates as the main baddie but maybe you don't always want to play with such a horrible thing in your world <laughs> no but in the uh risk plating universe isn't it dominated by certain uh, nation states <laughs> some yeah. of them are quite, are quite fascist oh very much so that's kind of a big point the the, the it's called the coalition is the biggest one but there's other right. ones as well there's one that's really interesting called the northern gun and it's hardcore capitalism. I'd say almost verging into like anarchist capitalism, which is capitalism dominates everything. And that's called the Northern Gun. So you get those themes from reality. And how serious do you take it in your game or not? And how much people, you know, how comfortable are people with some of those themes at times in games? And that may vary from game to game. And it may, you know, when we were playing D&D, we were just happy to go explore any type of dungeon and clear the dungeon and get the loot and the treasure. Yeah. But, you know, to your point, it does mirror a lot of the reality when you have colonials exploiting other independent nations, enslaving them, and then just using them to extract uh, capitalistic value. In our Lost Lands campaign, there was a good Lost Lands adventure that we ran, and it involved a lot of the orcs that were living outside of Bard's Gate. And I really appreciated that adventure. It was written by Chris, uh, I, his, not Christopherson. Oh, shoot. What's the fella's name? 
I will have to get back with you on the, the person who wrote the adventure because it slipped my mind. Casey Christofferson, I believe that's his name. And really cool. And it had a whole blurb about the evil that is perpetuated and how the villain of the thing was this one individual who was nonchalantly contributing to essentially to slavers in a almost benign way, but empowering them. And there was a good underlying almost theme that was trying to be driven home about things like xenophobia, prejudice, and those, you know, domination and oppression that was going on within that adventure. You're sitting here in a world in the whole setting itself has part of the history where the elves lived throughout these regions and they were pushed off by humans and killed and they recessed and went back. It's very much mirrors reality and what happened when people invaded and took over those lands and stuff that's happened throughout the world so i mean those themes are heavy in the games and what do you do with it how much do you avoid those themes are you looking for a role-playing game that doesn't exist in a world like that how many games don't exist in a world like that if you're in a modern setting you're in the world that was built up by colonialism itself even right <laughs> it's, it's not easy i know with recent releases like the chromatic dungeon they've tried to you know um, address some of that along with the race less of the race and more as a heritage type of benefits so that way it's, you know broken out and classified by you know your races by heritage so i think with some of the games today they're trying to address it but of course you know for example we've seen a recent shitstorm with uh, Warhammer 40k. I mean, the Warhammer 40k universe is essentially, you know, humans only, and it's pretty fascist of a, of a premise with a game, and they've had issues with players playing fascist human armies and bringing fascist elements into the actual miniature game. And, uh, you know, certainly things like this need to be addressed. And if you look at that game, that game's a pure human-only colonialism <laughs> expansion type, type of universe. Yeah. I mean, I'm not telling people to hate games that they play, <laughs> but I do think it's good to think about what you're, you're emulating. You're emulating some form of reality. All of our entertainment has a horrible conflict for the most part that you got to overcome. Star Wars. Star Wars is a whole story about space colonialism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the evil empire taking over all the different planets and, you know, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's those, those conflicts are the things we build stories out of. But at the same time, when people write stories, maybe not always, maybe people aren't always questioning the power dynamics that exist there. But my favorite, my favorite types of fiction and entertainment do tend to lean into questioning those types of power differences. I like that. I like to think a little more when I am engaging in entertainment, where it's kind of questioning the reality the nature of reality you can see parallels and things being called out and confronted in fiction it's good for that it is and um, you know it it does create interesting parallels back to reality in regards to how do people address these things because at the end of the day i think all people want to have you know personal personal freedoms um, happiness stability for their family providing for the family you know all very basic needs but then how they go about it can be quite, quite different and extreme on how you try to get those basic needs met. Yeah. So, I mean, we live in a world where that colonialism has set up everything and getting basic needs met is something that only some people are able to do, even this day and age in the, in the, in the global economy that we exist in. 
so I mean, in fantasy, how often are people getting their basic needs met? In history, some of these medieval worlds, like how people got needs met and how much power they had within the system and how much say they had and in, in being invaded or conquered by someone from outside, you know, adds elements to think about and consider. And sometimes when we're playing a game, we, we just tend to brush things off quickly and move on with the fun parts. Right. But again, you know, we would try to avoid campaigns built around developing some type of colonial mentality or some type of fascist, um, mentality as well too most of the games like you said we're trying to have fun enjoy ourselves and we try to help you know the folks that need help you know the people yeah. that are, are enslaved the poor the downtrodden we're not going to try to um, go and massacre an orc village or hobgoblin village though you know we, we do tend to be murder hobo sometimes in our games <laughs> but <laughs> now here's the other thing too is a lot of the content that exists so the fantasy is heavily, heavily European influenced, the fantasy genre. And it when is. you start to go outside of the lines, a lot of times when you go outside and start exploring other cultures, it's written from a very European perspective, almost what they say, Orientalism. However, yeah. yeah. So if you haven't read that whole book, Orientalism, I've not read the whole book. I've only read... Um, papers on it in school when i was when i was in college 100 i've read some really good really good essays on the concept of orientalism but that's about as far as i've gotten there now when you look at how we're approaching all these different settings and stuff a lot of the times it's from that outward western gaze as these are exotic and different you're not creating a world where it's coming from that fantasy and you're coming from people from that culture and stuff there's a lot of games that were doing that early on in D&D did that left and right. You were going to go to yeah. the Orient and stuff like that. It's kind of a big fame and game. And that's kind of in the realm of the colonialism. If you ask me, that's pretty much what it is. It is. It is. I mean, it's part of the nature of Columbusing, right? Oh, I discovered this thing and I'm going to go write about it from a view of, like you said, a European Western perspective. Now in today's gaming world, I think it's becoming more prevalent where we have more, writers and creators that are from those native cultures you know for example we've had alex peng on who did a um, asian themed adventure the moon daughter's fate we've seen more latin x uh creators come up as well as more african-american creators and we're seeing more and more supplements written by them for their culture which i think is great you know there's a level of um, experience and authenticity there versus like you said writing the um oriental adventures first edition Yes. from a very uh, Western point of view or any of the um, Aztec, uh, Latin American, Mexican type of, you know, cultural ventures written from, again, a very colonial mindset as well, too. It's like, you know, there's more to that culture than, than just the basic things that you've seen on TV, right? So Yeah, I think a, a good rule of thumb in general when you're approaching any of this stuff, I may be off, but keep open ears and open mind and listen to people when they speak out and say, Hey, you know, this impacts me this way, or this, I feel this about this, consider this and don't just reactionary blow up like, Oh no, I can't play my game. Right. <laughs> it's the end of the world. But I loved racism. It was my favorite in game. Exactly. <laughs> like, Come on. Just, just chill, have a fun game and listen to people and learn from them and be willing to say, okay, maybe, there are other experiences in the world that differ from mine. I, I can just hear that out and not pop a lid and be a 
you know, a reactionary turd. Yeah, I mean, all these, <laughs> you know, global cultures have very rich history in Africa, in Asia, in Mexico, parts of South, you know, even parts of South America have a very rich history. But of course, the perspective that we've been seeing is like, oh, well, when so-and-so Columbus had discovered, you know, this part of whatever, Brazil or this part of Mexico, that's when history begins for, for the Westerners. But no, people have been around for a long ass time. <laughs> well, I, I'd love to get more into South American history because uh, I, I, that's that's a thing that fascinates me. I, I, I was actually I have a degree in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really into that. And there's some great content there for game that I have definitely used in the past. But I think we'll probably have to talk about that in another day. <laughs> no, we will. And it's, it's something that I want to bring into the Hyperborea game at some point as well, too, with uh, one of uh, John's characters. So Yeah, South American history is very rich and there's a lot. A lot there's of a lot. Countries. I mean, there's, again, there's so much history there, but we're just not aware of it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to start talking colonialism, there's some amazing stuff out there. I mean, there's a lot that you can be aware of because there is stuff out there for you to learn. A lot of it is in Spanish, but there's a good amount of resources also in English. There's some great stuff, but we're about out of time for the day. We're coming up on our time. If you've enjoyed this, please give us a positive review. Follow us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Do the like and the follow. You can find us at wobbliesandwizards.com. You can find me on the Twitter at Hail Logar. Or I'm sorry, no, that's not my Twitter handle. It's <laughs> at Logar Hail Crom, like the, the guy. Hail Crom. <laughs> and keep those dice rolling. Roll them as, as lucky as you can get. Lucky Rose. Lucky Rose. And, and fight colonialism. And fight colonialism. Education. <laughs> there we go.